Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is the Feast of St. Thomas the Apostle. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Glory to God in the highest, and And on on earth earth, peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world, receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, Have mercy on us, for you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. Let us pray. Grant, Almighty God, that we may glory in the feast of the blessed Apostle Thomas, so that we may always be sustained by his intercession, and believing may have life in the name of Jesus Christ your Son, whom Thomas acknowledged as the Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from a letter of St. Paul to the Ephesians. You are no longer aliens or foreign visitors. You are citizens like all the saints and part of God's household. You are part of a building that has the apostles and prophets for its foundations and Christ Jesus himself for its main cornerstone. As every structure is aligned on him, all grow into one holy temple in the Lord and you too in him are being built into a house where God lives in the spirit. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. O praise the Lord, all you nations. Acclaim him, all you peoples. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Strong is his love for us. He is faithful forever. Go out to all the world and tell the good news. Alleluia, alleluia. You believe in me, Thomas, because you have seen me. Happy are those who have not seen me, but still believed. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Thomas, called the twin, who was one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. When the disciples said, We have seen the Lord, he answered, Unless I see the holes that the nails made in his hands, and could put my finger into the holes they made, and unless I can put my hand into his side, I refuse to believe. Eight days later, the disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. The doors were closed, but Jesus came in and stood among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he spoke to Thomas. Put your finger here. Look, here are my hands. Give me your hand. Put it into my side. Doubt no longer, but believe. Thomas replied, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, You believe because you can see me. Happy are those who have not seen and yet believe. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, I don't want to make a big deal out of this, but it is something that I feel somewhat strongly about. Can we please stop calling him Doubting Thomas? I mean, the poor bloke spent his life preaching the gospel, preaching the risen Christ, going to far-flung parts of the world, all the way to India, and he gets remembered for this moment. This moment when he insists on beholding the wounds of Jesus. Well, in Thomas's defence, one of the common features of the post-resurrection appearances of Christ is that even his closest friends struggle to recognise him immediately. I mean, Mary Magdalene mistakes Jesus for the gardener. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus, they only recognise Jesus at the breaking of the bread. And who knows, maybe Thomas is aware of this and he decides that he needs a more outward sign. What is it that's going to be the indication that the one who's standing in front of you is the one who hung upon the cross? Surely it's his wounds... Right? That the body that hung upon the cross is the body that stands right in front of him, and, and surely that would be the true sign of the resurrection. So then he says, Unless I see the holes that the nails made in his hands and could put my finger into the holes they made, and unless I can put my hand in his side, can't be him. Now, Pope Benedict cottoned on to this point uh, at a Wednesday audience uh, in, in 2006, and, and this is what he said. He said, From these words emerges the conviction that Jesus can now be recognised by his wounds rather than by his face. Thomas holds that the signs that confirm Jesus' identity are now above all his wounds, in which he reveals to us how much he loved us. In this, says Benedict, the apostle is not mistaken. You see, the wounds of Christ not only reveal the historical reality that he is, in fact, the one who was crucified, these wounds are now glorious because they reveal the depth of his love. His hands, his feet, his opened heart identify and glorify the one who made a perfect gift of himself in love. When Thomas encounters the beautiful wounds of Christ, He identifies Jesus more accurately than any of the disciples previously. He makes the greatest profession of faith because he has encountered Christ in his wounds. 
Who is he? He is, as St. Thomas says, my Lord and my God. In this moment, Thomas touches divine love. Now, St. Augustine makes an interesting point. He said this, right? He said, Thomas saw and touched the man and acknowledged the God whom he neither saw nor touched. But by the means of what he saw and touched, he now put far away from him every doubt and believed the other. In other words, what is it that Thomas senses? What is it that he perceives through his touch? He perceives the body of Jesus, but by faith he apprehends Christ's divinity. This is an act of faith. This is coming from the clear perception that Christ's wounds of love reveal the God who he is. So enough of this doubting Thomas stuff. He's believing Thomas. And it's precisely in the encounter with his wounds, with the sign of his love, that he comes to this true faith. Now here's the thing. We don't perceive Jesus' bodily wounds, but we do encounter his love. Having walked with the Lord through his suffering and death and resurrection, we encounter how perfectly he makes a gift of himself for us. And this is still the case when Christ's love is on display in the way that he makes a gift of himself to us in the Eucharist. St. Thomas beheld Christ's love in his wounds. We behold Christ's love in his sacrament. And the response that wells up within us in the face of such tremendous and glorious love is St. Thomas's great act of faith, my Lord and my God. You know, it's so terrific having people back at Mass and being able to administer Holy Communion because one of the things that I really love Um, And, you know, it's one of the great privilege of being a priest is that you you get to be a witness to other people's faith, a kind of, you know, outward spectator at, you know, the intense relationship between them and God. And one of the things that I love in, in administering Holy Communion is that a good number of people make these words of St. Thomas their own. And, you know, you can kind of faintly hear it as, as, as they walk away. They say, my Lord and my God having received the Lord Jesus in the Eucharist, they encounter him under the form of bread, just as Thomas touched Jesus in his body. But with their faith, they acknowledge that this is the Lord himself. You know, I'd I'd recommend that little practice um, when you come to Holy Communion to make the words of St. Thomas your own, my Lord and my God. Because, you know, how easy is it to kind of line up for Holy Communion, you know, have a distracting thought about how terrible the communion hymn is and, uh, you know, think about the woman in front who's wearing just that little bit too much perfume and then come to Holy Communion, the body of Christ, amen, you know, sort of trudge back to your pew without giving a second thought to the one that we receive. So, you know, maybe to 
cut through the distraction and draw our attention to the great gift that's being entrusted to us in the Eucharist, to receive the Lord and to acknowledge his presence, my Lord and my God. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy, we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will, and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.